This is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Woodside Sunday. My name is Richard Clements. I'm on the team at Woodside Church. And this morning, I get to preach to you from God's Word, from the Old Testament, from the book of Micah. But before we do that, I just want to recap a little bit about what we've been looking at over the last few weeks. We've been looking at what has God said through his prophets to different generations going back in history and what can we learn from what God has said to them. So we heard that God calls us to remember that he is a faithful God and that his mercies are new every morning. Well, that's so true, isn't it? That's true today, true yesterday and will be true for eternity. God, you are an amazing God. Your mercies are limitless. Thank you. We're called called to to listen to what God says about us and to trust him completely. He knows us. He knows everything about our past and everything about our future. But we're called to listen to what he has to say to us through the Holy Spirit as he instructs us how we to live our lives. We're called to trust God and draw on him And we will then continue to bear good fruit, even through different difficult seasons. And we're called to rejoice, rejoice always, especially in difficult situations. God is a God who loves our praise. Thank you, God, that you are a God who is praiseworthy. I love praising you. We're also called to receive his Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what would we do without you if you weren't living in our hearts and changing us from the inside out? We thank you, Holy Spirit, for the work you are doing in our lives. But we are called to receive his Holy Spirit. And we're called to wait on him and he will renew our strength. That was another talk we had very recently. As we wait on God, he renews our strength. This morning, we are going to be looking at what it means to walk humbly with our God, as well as other issues around walking our Christian life and what that means for us today. So pray. I want to just pray for us. Father in heaven, thank you that you send us your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and ignite our hearts, set us on fire for you this morning. Come and challenge us to be more like Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, we're going to be looking at one of the minor prophets from the Old Testament. His name is Micah. I love that name. That name means means who is like Yahweh? It's a rhetorical question. Of course, no one is like Yahweh, but what a beautiful name. Micah is a book in the Old Testament, as I said, and is a small but powerful book. It's really important that when we preach, we preach into the context in which God was speaking into at the time. So I'm going to give you a bit of context now to help you understand what God was saying and to who. So Micah lived 740 years before the birth of Jesus in a place called Judah, which is in Israel, It's a small village he lived in called Moresheth Gath. Great name, Moresheth Gath, about 22 miles from Jerusalem. Micah's book reads like a lawsuit 
against his people, or another way to put it is an indictment against his people, the Israelites. Some of the people had become very rich. There was a wealthy upper class at that time, but there was also significant corruption in both the northern territory and the southern territory of Israel. And Micah goes on to list some of the sins that God's people were committing. And they were idolatry, the worship of other gods. Theft of property, mostly from the poor. Failure of civil leadership, the government. Failure of the religious leadership, the church. Failure of the prophetic leadership, again, the church. The belief that personal sacrifice satisfies God's justice. Corrupt businesses and violence. Not a very good picture, is it, of, a, of a, what the world was like 740 years before Christ was born. The theme of the book is one of God's character and the sins of his people which demanded judgment. God wasn't happy with his people, not happy at all. But he was going to send a shepherd boy to save a remnant of his people. Micah talks about a covenant with God and his people that was based on a relationship which is more than ritual, but of love, justice, mercy and faithfulness. That God wants us to worship him alone and his grace flows from the steadfast love that he has. It's a hard read at times, if I'm honest, but I read it three or four times and by the end of it, I really understood it. I think you should read it. Have a look, see what you think. God has not given up on his people. That comes through on the pages. Sin is on the move across Israel, but God's grace is moving faster. He has a plan. A new king is coming, and we know that to be Jesus. God speaks through his prophet and tells his people how he wants them to live. It's a total contrast to the way that most of them had been living and very different from the culture that they were living in. I'm just going to read from Micah 6, 6-8. This is God speaking through his prophet Micah and God says this, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my sin, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. Then you can feel, you can sense now the drum roll. The drum roll is coming. What is it? What is it? And then it says it. To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. That's it. In one sentence, God sums up what he wants as a holy God for his people, the way he wants them to live, his requirements of them. And that's what he also wants from us over 2,000 years later. In fact, more like 3,000 years later. 
to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with him. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to split up into different categories, those words, and we're going to put some meat on the bone. What is it God actually wants? What does it mean to walk just justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with God? Act justly. Do justice. Do what is right. That's the translation of NLT. So what is justice? Biblical references to justice mean to make right. Justice is a relational term. People living in a right, right relationship with God, in a right relationship with one another, and a right relationship with the natural world. God is a just and loving God, and we are made in his image. Isaiah prophesied to the people as well. He said it a little bit differently, but the same theme. God speaks for Isaiah and he says this, Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the, will will the widow's case. Powerful, isn't it? So what does this mean to our generation in 2020? So my question to you is, are we so different from the society that we've just read about that was in Micah's time? Are we that much different? In our society today, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, the rich abusing the rights of the poor. There is corruption in high places. The worship of other gods, namely football teams, hero worship, money worship, putting ourselves first and not God. The church is struggling to be relevant and to lead the nation spiritually. Our governments have passed laws that are aimed at keeping people happy but are not pleasing to God. So, are we so different? But what we are called to do is to be salt and light in our generation. That's what Israel was called to be. Unfortunately, they went a bit off, off kilter. We're called to be salt and light. Salt can sting, but it also has healing properties. I served in the military as an RAF policeman back in the 1980s. I'd been a Christian for just six months when I enlisted for nine years. Initially, the culture changed me. You couldn't see any difference from the way I was living to the way that those around me were living. I was swearing, I was drinking, getting drunk. I backslid, but then God broke in. I needed to repent. That was to say to God that I was sorry and change the way that I was living. You see, we are called to be culture changers not changed by culture. In the time of Micah, in which he was speaking into, the people of God had been corrupted by the nations around them. They were even sacrificing their children to false gods. Horrendous. We are called to do what is right, to be different from the ways of the world, to live holy lives, 
We're called to be culture changers, radical disciples, atmosphere changers in our workplaces, in our schools, at the Job Centre Plus building, in the shops, on the road. Yes, no road rage guys for us. In our neighbourhoods, in our retirement, at our universities. We are called to bring God's justice with love and acceptance. I believe to, to be able to do this, that we need to have a personal relationship with Jesus, to allow the Holy Spirit to fill us and change us, to make us more like Jesus. If we don't do that, we will run out of steam and be taken out of the race. I was praying about this preach and God brought to my mind a pumice stone. The pumice stone is used to remove the dead skin from our feet, such as calluses or corns. I felt that God was saying that we needed to shed dead skin from our lives, to acknowledge and repent of the areas of our lives where we have allowed dead skin to affect our walk with him. This could be unforgiveness of others. It could be sin in our lives. A hardening of our hearts to the things of God. Cynicism. Let's take a pumice stone to our lives and ask God to reveal where those calluses are. God is our healer and forgives us our sins, our wrongdoings. Let's ask God to reveal the areas we need to give to him. Holy Spirit, come and fill us afresh now. Reveal the areas where you want to use your pumice stone, the word of God, and you working along in our lives to bring healing and freedom. That's what we want. We want to be complete in you. We don't want to carry around things that we're not meant to carry around, or bitterness, or anything like that. We want to be open to you, God. We must be on our toes, guys. Satan is on the prowl. I was gardening recently and I noticed a lavender plant in my garden. It wasn't looking so good. On closer inspection, I noticed that the bindweeds had taken over the plant and were choking it and limiting its growth. I immediately set out to save that plant identifying and removing the weed from the base. As I did this, I was thinking about how sin does a similar thing to us. We can be blindsided to Satan's schemes, and this can affect our witness. We're called to bring God's fragrance, just like that plant, to those around us so that we can search our hearts to make sure, so we're called to search our hearts to make sure that we are free from weeds and calluses that may be holding us back and may be preventing us to be the living example that Jesus set in the way he lived his life to our generation. My second point is this, love, God wants us to live a life of love and kindness to love mercy. God wants us to walk through our lives displaying love, kindness and mercy. So what does that look like in 2020? 
Over the past four months, I have been so excited to see how God has broken down some barriers between people in our local community. Communities stepping out of their front doors and corporately thanking the NHS for the work that they have done just really hit my heart. It was a beautiful thing. It's refreshing. We are, called, we are called to show kindness and mercy as we walk with our God. Jesus shows us what this looks like as we study his life. He displayed mercy to the lady caught in adultery. He showed kindness to the ten lepers by praying for their healing. He showed love to Peter even after he disowned him. He broke culture strongholds by chatting with the, the sinful woman who was at the well. He fed the 5,000 and the 4,000 when he saw that they were hungry. He forgave the criminal on the cross next to him. We are called to walk in Jesus' footsteps, to be imitators of Jesus, in actual fact, to become like him. We're called to walk in his footsteps, to do what Jesus would have done, to be a light to our generation. So how can we show kindness and mercy today? Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 10 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is a gift from God not as a result of works, so that no man can boast. For you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Yes, we are saved by grace. We know that. But we're also called to do good works, to show kindness and mercy to those whom we come in contact with. There are so many ways that we can do this, the workings out of this. And many of you are already doing these things, but it's good to look at it again because God loves these things. Examples could be volunteering at a food bank, volunteering at street pastors, befrienders becoming befrienders, visiting uh, prisons, counselling people who are really struggling, helping people with debt, mentoring people, helping a friend in need, working for a charity, like a homeless charity, teaching an elderly person how to use a computer, attend marches against injustice, look after your elderly parents well, look after the environment, donate blood, Say sorry to someone that you've offended. Build someone up by saying something nice to them and making their day. Not judging people. Giving hope when there is despair. Loving the poor in practical ways. Serving the sick and the vulnerable. Representing the marginalised. Fighting for what is right. Baking a cake for someone to bring home to bring a smile on someone's face. The list goes on and on. We are called 
to be kind and merciful. Point number three, to walk humbly with our God. We live in a culture where humility is looked down on, seen as a weakness and not a strength. Jesus helps us to understand the heart that he wants us to have. He tells us a story in Luke 18, 9 to 14, and it goes like this. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like that tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. God, we acknowledge that we are sinners and we need your salvation. Humble Help us humble ourselves before you. We need you, God. You don't need us, but have bought us at a price. Our heart position is so important if we are to walk humbly with our God. Colossians 3.12 says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves in compassion gentleness, humility, gentleness and patience. So how can we do this? I've got a few pointers that may help us. Number one, when we do things wrong, confess our sins to God and ask for his forgiveness. Two, receive correction and feedback from others graciously. It says in the Bible that I am sharpens iron. Accept a lowly place and celebrate others' success. When someone does well, praise them, celebrate them. Choose to serve others, put others first. Be quick to forgive. Cultivate a grateful heart. Speak well of others. Die to self and live for Jesus. And last one, spend time with people from all walks of life. Let's incorporate everybody. When we come into contact with people, we love them whether they're rich or poor, whether they're black or white. We are God's children. They are God's children. Spend time with everybody. Micah prophesied a new king was coming. That king was born in Bethlehem and he would lead his people as their shepherd and he will be honoured around the world and bring peace. That's what Micah prophesied in that book. Well, we know that king, King Jesus, king of our lives, the one we follow, the one we serve. That king has come. Hallelujah.
We can't work out our salvation through works, although we are called to do good works. Jesus is the only way that we can be made right with God. God made things right by sending his son, Jesus, to die for our sins, our wrongdoings, to pay the penalty of our sins. God is a holy God and hates sin. We can never replace his sacrifice for our own endeavour by doing the right thing, showing kindness and being humble. But God knew that and he had a plan. He sent us a king, the king of kings, the king of peace, who would lead his people and save us and bring his new kingdom in, where God will reign forever. He promises through the prophet Micah, and we now can walk in the good of this. Hallelujah. Prayer. I want to pray now. Thank you, God, that you sent Jesus to pay the price of our sin so that we could be made right with you. Help us to stand up for justice. Help us to do the right thing. Give us courage. Help us to love those around us and act with kindness and mercy. Keep us humble as we look towards you to lead us. God, change me from the inside out. May I be a vessel of your peace. May I be someone who walks through my life holding on to and pursuing justice. May I be someone who loves mercy, who loves forgiving and loves humility. May I be like you, Jesus. Amen. So that's it for this week, guys. I hope you'll take something or a few things away today from that preach. Holy Spirit, come and work on our hearts as we go into this new new week, I pray. Give us opportunities to love people well. Give us opportunities to show kindness. Help us to be full of mercy, I pray. And help us to walk humbly with you this week. Amen. You've been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.